G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Mike. And I'm Dale. And we're here for our second episode of this season here, Dale, and we're recording in a little different location today. Yeah, we're in Sydney. I think this is the first time we've ever recorded in Sydney. We've Mm. recorded all over the world, (laughs) but never in Australia's biggest city. Yes, we're here for, of course, the Australian Podcast Awards. And doesn't a bit of time in Sydney just really make you appreciate Brisbane? (laughs) (laughs) look they've had a bit of you know it's a sunday it was a bit busy getting in but no sydney's a beautiful city and the weather's amazing outside we will be going out later to enjoy some sydney sunshine yes before the awards tomorrow night yes i do like sydney it is naturally a very beautiful place Well, what's been happening in the world of Eurovision this week, Dale? Well, other than Australia Decides chat, which we will get to soon, it's been news from Ukraine, Vidbur, their national final. Yes, one of the best national finals of the season and great to see they're still going to be holding it this year. Exactly. It has been one of our favourites over the years. And of course, this year is just going to be very different. Last year's took place before um, the conflict began, Mm. Uh, well, the Full-scale invasion. The full-scale invasion began, yeah, exactly. Mm. And they're hosting it on December 17th, earlier than usual, Mm. and they're doing it in an underground metro station. So they're going to make that, you know, somehow kind of a TV studio to do the competition, which is just great ingenuity and, you know, just so much fortitude and um, strength just to keep going on and getting this done. Good on them. Yeah, you have to admire that from the Ukrainians for sure. I mean, you probably could have been easy to make perhaps an internal selection this year, but no, they are going to stick with their format and and give it a go. Exactly. Well, look, we've got the 10 artists because there had been a long list released earlier, but there's 10 artists who have made the cut for Vidbur and there are three names that we recognise amongst this lot, don't we, Mike? Very much so. Uh, Those who have seen Vidbo before will recognise the three that we're going to discuss now. Yeah, so 2020 pretty much, I think, featured all of these hmm. artists. Um, and let's talk about Jerry Hale first, shall we, Mike? Yes, well, let's remind ourselves of her last effort. This is Jerry Hale and Vegan. Very memorable performance and uh, song from Jerry, from those who do, with featured sort of, you know, faux KFC buckets and dancing animals at one stage and things yeah, like that. some so. kind of animal suit thing. Like, it was, I remember talking about this back at the time in 2020, and it kind of was a bit of a joke entry. Mm. Like, it's kind of novelty. You know, she was a, a kind of known performer, but, like, she was singing about being vegan. It wasn't the greatest one in the world, but it was a bit of fun back then. And, you know, she had a bit of fan following because of that. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Some fans enjoyed this one, and it was one of those kind of upbeat, quirky pop songs. I don't know if we're getting an upbeat, quirky pop song from her this year, unfortunately, though, though. Yeah, I think we wanted to talk about her because I think she's a really good example of how much things have changed in Ukraine for obvious reasons. We went and checked out some of her music that she's been doing recently, and it's really, I mean, it's very good, but it's basically either massive big war cry, like really full-on serious but you know good stuff or sort of this somber lullaby stuff or singing about Zelensky and the kind of obviously anti-Russian kind of stuff of course so Mm -hmm. her 
her style's changed <laughs> quite a bit. If So if you're expecting vegan, you are not going to get that, I don't think, from Jerry this year. No, it definitely looks like one of those artists that have been very much influenced by what's happening in the region and in Ukraine. So, yeah, you're right. I can't imagine we're going to get an upbeat little pop song this time somehow. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, this is a really interesting point because, like, number one, her song is called When God Shut the Door. Mm. I, I don't think that's going to be an upbeat pop song, no. as you say, and, you know, totally understandably why. This is going to be an interesting little potential dilemma because I feel like we've saw in Vidbur in the last few years that it was getting very traditional, almost to a point nationalistic. I'd almost say Alina Pash last year, uh, mm. this year really was. And it was starting to border on that kind of, is this still apolitical or not? I feel like that's going to be even bigger this year. Which is quite understandable, isn't it? You're right. Sort of Vidber has been introducing that more sort of ethno-folk type music into their national final and has been quite successful for them. It, it has to be expected that what's happening in that region is going to, you know, flavour the type of music and the type of songs that we're going to get. If we end up with a song that is you know, overtly political, that could end up putting the EBU and the Ukrainians on a bit of a, a you know, a bit of a uh, clash. So it'd be interesting. I could understand if they pick a song that resonates uh, with the population at this point, and that's probably going to be something, you know, along those lines. Yeah, it's kind of going to be really hard, isn't it? Because music in right there in Ukraine is going to represent what's happening. How could it not? Mm. And how could the public potentially not vote for something that might be a little bit on the edge of things potentially? So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. Totally hypothetical at this point. Absolutely. We can see what wins. What Ukraine have done so well um, in the last year is getting so much global support. And, they, you know, for another word, PR about reminding people this is happening. Mm. So... If they push that again, and then you've got the EBU having to push back against Ukraine, Mm. that could be a really bad look. So this will be really interesting about what ends up happening. Very much so, particularly as Liverpool is, you know, the UK hosting on Ukraine's behalf. Exactly. Yes, be very interesting to see what sort of uh, flavour Vidber is this year. Yeah, well, actually, talking of which, the next artist we want to talk about is Krut. Mm-hmm. Um, she took place in 2020 as well with 99. It was a really lovely song. She's got this mm. beautiful way that she um, sings and presents her music. She has that kind of traditional um, instrument that's kind of harp-like, but yes. not quite a harp. Mm. And I loved her song, um, 99, and I think a lot of her music's quite similar. And this is called Lullaby, so I'm imagining we're going to get something in that kind of ilk. Yeah, I would imagine so too, that more ethereal side of uh, the sort of Ukrainian style of music. But again, something you know quite distinctly Ukrainian I'm expecting from her. Yeah, and somewhat, you know, even for what we were talking about before, something really quite understated mm. and soft and, you know, I hate to, word, to use the word peace, um, kind of related, could be a really nice entry to end up going and could also... You don't have to be shouty no, to not, make a very strong message. Not all protests need to be shouted, do they? They can also be um, yeah, a bit more on the subtle side. So I'm expecting something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, actually, this is the artist I'm probably really excited about. So mm. we'll see what she brings. And the other one is Tavorchi. Yes. Who had quite an interesting journey at Vidbur last oh, time. I'm a little bit surprised, considering I don't know if anyone would remember these guys. They uh, pretty much publicly said they were, what was it, sort of sabotaged at their last attempt. Uh, there was some in-ear audio problems, which he said were on purpose. And when he complained about them, they pretty much laughed in his face. So, um, yeah, 
interesting to see them back in the lineup after their last uh, last try. Well, look, I feel like things get forgiven very easily in Vidber <laughs> because there's always so much drama. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for this year's contest, Kalush Orchestra didn't win mm-hmm. and was threatening to take <laughs> the broadcasts of court. Next minute, you know, they're winning Eurovision. Yeah. So, look, things get forgiven easily, I reckon, in Ukraine. Let's just make sure they've checked everyone's travel in the last few years, can we? Ooh, and just avoid yes. some some uh, issues that perhaps cropped up last year. Yeah, exactly. I really hope there isn't that kind of, you know, petty, not not that, you know, border stuff, but generally in Vib, but there's always some ridiculous drama. <laughs> Let it be about the strength of this mm. show happening and going ahead. So please, fingers crossed, it's going to be about that music and that defiance. Mm. Um, and I'm really looking forward to what will be the first so far, national final of the season. Yeah, looking forward to it. And I think everybody will have eyes on Ukraine. Okay, well, the other talking point of the week, Mike, was Australia's sides. When we joined you for our season opener on Monday, uh, it had just happened. It was quite raw Mm. for all of us. We're giving our first reactions. It's almost been a week now. How are you feeling about this? What are your thoughts now? I'm still very much in the I'm disappointed it's not going ahead uh, camp. But at the same token, you know, it's probably time to move on. We've got to start thinking about, well, what are we going to send and who is going to represent us? And as I say, hopefully put all the resources into making that successful. Yeah, I kind of went into an opposite stages of grief. I kind of accepted it at first quite <laughs> easily because I was just so relieved to get some news yes. and to go, okay, well, what are we going to do? And then now I've kind of, during the week at times, got like quite annoyed and almost, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say angry, but it's just such a wasted opportunity, I feel, and also just very sad that it's not going ahead. But as you say, we've just got to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the discourse this week, hasn't it? Like um, Aussie fans have just been, you know, flooding our socials, telling us who they want to go to the contest. Yes, and we've also had various artists show their interest in going as well. I don't know whether they would have done that consider- if it was going to be the uh, competitive national final, but yeah, quite a few have put up their hands. Yeah, we had like uh, Shepard and Voyager and mm-hmm. Jaguar Jones, all very familiar names. All have done well, all have been top three at Australia Decides. Mm. So, you know, we know that they, you know, really support uh, Eurovision Australia. and But it's really nice to see the love that they were showing back to Eurovision. Like, they haven't been affected by their experience of not winning Australia Decides. Mm-hmm. And are like, yeah, we still want to go to Eurovision. And so there is a lot of love and high standing of the contest here still. Very much so. As the artists want to go, they want that uh, opportunity to perform in front of tens of millions of people. It's something you rarely get as an Australian artist. Exactly. Well, there was one artist, though, that was probably coming up a little bit more than uh, the average one, wasn't there? Most definitely. The 2016 Australian entrant, Domi Im, seems to be the name that keeps cropping up and cropping up. Now, she is also on a bit of a national PR tour promoting her current book. Yes. So probably good timing for her to get her face out there in public and uh, get a bit of momentum behind her now. Yeah, well, look, I think people were talking about Domi Im before we knew what was happening with Australia Decides. So when we kind of asked people, hey, who do you want to compete? A lot of people were saying, 
saying Dami. And the next minute, Dami was saying Dami as well. <laughs> she was choking in there and she was getting a lot of support by fans. She was posting a lot of stuff around the socials as well. And of course, she has been talking to the media a lot in the last week because of her book, mainly about her relationship with Sony. But Ooh. of course, Eurovision has popped up as well. So yeah, lots of chatter in the Australian fan community at the moment. Yes, very much so. And you also got the opportunity to talk to Dami during the week there, Dale. And I think we're going to hear some of what she had to say about her Eurovision experience. Yeah, we chatted to her on Friday, which was fantastic. Uh, We talked a lot about the book, of course, and everything within that. Um, But we're going to play you now um, when we talked about Eurovision 2016. So a couple of things on that, which is definitely worth going back and and revisiting that because just hearing the kind of behind scenes stuff Mm. is always so interesting. Always so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like peeking behind the curtain and hearing from the artist exactly what it was like. And of course... I ask about Eurovision 2023, how could I not? And Dami gives her answer on that one. So the main thing we're going to have on today is this interview now. So uh, sit back and have a listen to the Dami interview with Aussie Vision. Talking about Eurovision now, because look, you know, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. It's Aussie Vision, right? Um, yep. <laughs> Get to the good part. <laughs> no, it's all good. But I think it's like... I really noticed throughout the book that you'd entered so many like competitions from a a young age, you know, you won the X factor and you talked about having this extreme kind of athlete like focus in Stockholm. Um, To me, it sounds like you're a very competitive person. Is that true? And if so, did that help for Eurovision? Yeah, not going to lie. I I am very competitive. I'm like, how can I win? How can I stand out? Like it's just in my nature. Mm. Um, Yeah. But yeah, part of me, I'm like, oh, I just want to relax and stop putting myself under so much stress. But then, yeah, I'm like, well, how can I win this? <laughs> and did, did you think that helped, like, having that focus in uh, Stockholm? Because I guess a lot of people might just enjoy the experience. I'm an artist, and but it is a competition, so you've got to have that competitive streak. You know what? Eurovision, I've, I've spoken to other artists that have done Eurovision and represented Australia, you know, some of the most seasoned artists, so experienced, and they all tell me just how stressful the whole thing is. It's not like any other, you know, concerts or Mm. TV experience. It's just there's so much pressure. There's just something about it. It makes everyone just you know, shake at their knees. Like it's just, it's it's scary. Um, and I think me having that focus definitely helped me to be able to push through mm. because especially I talk about it in the book, but the semifinals were just the most terrifying thing I've ever, even to this day, anything, I've not done anything more scarier in my life it was just like pure terror and nerves. Oh, and, you know, I, I, I sort of prepared myself for that and rehearsed so much. And I really didn't think about enjoying the city and whatever. I was just like, no, nah, this, this is what I'm here for. I'm going to make a mark and get a good result. <laughs> so I, I went into autopilot. Otherwise, I, I might have crumbled and 
you know, stop singing or something. I just, my brain just went white. It was nothing. And, and my body, it just did it until my brain came back and I was like, oh, hello. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's, I, we can't understand that kind of stress. And look, you hit it very well. That was the very first uh, Eurovision we ever went to. And that semi-final was the first show and you were phenomenal. And you did talk about that in the book, the, the, you know, how terrified you were, you were shaking when you went out and then the muscle memory sort of uh, kicked in on that one. And yeah, I've always mm. like wanted to sort of ask about that because obviously you were up on the plinth and, you know, so you weren't having to be down on the, the floor dancing, but you had some really complicated, you know, armography and some moves to pull off. So, uh, like, I wanted to ask, like, was there one that any move particularly that was quite difficult to remember to do? And also, do you remember all the choreography from that night? Like, do you still remember it now? <laughs> of course I do. Yeah. Of course. It's, it's... yeah, that one? Was that the hardest one to do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, like, I can't say, oh, those my moves were so hard. Like I didn't really have much of, you know, this is not, you can't really call it moves, really. We purposely tried to keep that side as simple as possible, which was, was a very smart decision. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like keeping in time with the hologram, like I suppose, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's probably that was the only thing that I had to get right. But also I guess it was all about um, connecting with every camera. So there's mm. like a million cameras everywhere and you've got to just know the exact timing of where and when. Like this sounds so pedantic and silly, but, you know, for somebody who's putting everything into three minutes, like nailing those eye yeah. contact, it, that, that was so important. And, of course, the singing, it had to be just perfect and not shaky or, you know, my breath Mm. and doing all that and just trying to connect through the camera lens and sort of going, vote for me, you know. (laughs) Yes. That was what it was. Because I think, like, you know, yes, you say they're not the most complicated things in the world to do, but at the same time, the preciseness, and as you say, the cameras, it's so important. It's three minutes and everyone, mm-hmm. 200 million people are saying every little thing, even subconsciously. So, no, you've, it, it was complicated in that in that way. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely didn't want to mess up any part of it, you know. And the thing with Eurovision, as you would know, but not everybody would know, that there's so many rehearsals prior to the actual performance on television and every rehearsal is being watched by the press and people make comments on it that kind of forms the opinion global opinion Mm. about yeah your performance so you really want to get every rehearsal right and be strategic about it Oh, yeah, you definitely got that buzz from it. So it definitely worked, obviously. Uh, The other question I had, like, with the performance, and this is one that just interests me, I think, is when you finish the performance and you, every artist basically has some kind of version of, like, thank you, Europe, uh, or thank you, Eurovision, did you plan what you were going to say at the end of it or did it just sort of come out at the end? I think... I must have not planned properly because I was like, thank you, Stockholm. Or did I say thank you, Sweden or something? 
in the semis. In the semi, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was just like, ah, you know, (laughs) looking at the crowd. I just had the best crowd ever. And then afterwards, uh, Paul Clark was like, next time, say Europe. It's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I love it. Yeah, because I mean, you know, we've got to get that part right, of course. Now, obviously, yeah. talking about Europe, you, Europe, vote for me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, while talking about that, look, yeah. I have to ask. Everyone will be screaming at me to ask this question. Listening, Eurovision 2023. What's happening? Are you going to do it again? Do we know? Are there any chats? What's going on? Give us the goss. Gosh, Dale, it's it's been. So, uh, so many, so many things that have been happening uh, behind the scenes. And Mm. I, I was definitely going to announce uh, that I was going to be part of Australia Decides next year. Mm -hmm. We all thought it was going to happen up until when you found out, almost, pretty much. Yeah. Um, So... Then it's, yeah, so no Australia decides next year. I was willing to, you know, go against whoever was going to enter and and even if I don't get through, I was just going to pour everything into that. Mm. So now everything's up in the air. I don't know what's happening and SBS will make the decision. Of course, yeah. So no one knows who's going at this point. That I can tell you. Uh, no one knows. But I was going to go into Australia Decide, so I'm I'm still kind of waiting to see if uh, you know there if I'm able to go back. If uh, you know, but but you know, I I announced that I was going to come back in 2020 yeah. or 2021. Come on, like how how many more years can I do this for? Um, yeah. But I don't know. That that's where I'm at, and I. I did. I wrote in the book as well. After it was all over, I came second. We're at the after party. We're having drinks, and I'm having my lemonade, whatever. <laughs> and Paul Clark came up to me and said, "Do you want to do this again next year?" And at the time, I was like, "What? No, nah, no, nah, man. Like <laughs> too soon. Yeah, yeah. Too soon." Like, I just came off stage, like, come down. Uh, and I was like, I was pretty confused. Like, what's he even thinking about? Mm. No way. And then I did eventually recover from the whole roller coaster and thought, yeah, maybe I would like to come back one more time in my life. Mm. And, you know, it's been so many years. I feel like I'm at a completely different stage in my career than 2016. Mm. I am, you know, back then I had a label that wasn't all that supportive. My management team didn't even come with me. Um, And, yeah, they wanted me to not change the song, just Mm. keep it the same. You know, they they were, yeah, so I, I didn't have much support around me back then now I do I'm with a great label great manager great management team and uh musically I feel like there's just so much more I can do 
so I would, yeah, I, I'm still dreaming that this this could happen. I don't know if it will, but, but mm. if uh, yeah, if the stars align, then yeah, that's that's my reason for uh, wanting to come back because I, I feel like everything's been updated like a your MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think um, a lot of a lot of fans would love to see you come back, obviously. So I think a lot of people will be hoping the stars align, but I guess we have to wait and see. Well, of course, the thing that stands out to me there, Dale, is she was expecting Australia Decide to be announced. So obviously we were very, very close and something's just fallen over at the last hurdle by the sound of things. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, it's what we've been talking about recently, that the show was definitely happening. Yes. Something was going to happen. And it is nice hearing it from the artists publicly themselves mm. for everyone to hear that there was definitely going to be a show. Um, so we're in a state of limbo now. Obviously, everyone behind the scenes is trying to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So they don't suddenly have an answer the following week. It's, yep. it's falling apart. They're not going to go, okay, this is how we're doing it. So right now there feels like there might be a bit of a vacuum of info, a bit of a let's just work out what the next steps are. Absolutely, because if you are planning a national final, you've engaged various artists. So at this point, I guess you've got to go back to those artists and say, well, new playing field, you might be in the running now or you might not. So I guess there's a fair bit of negotiation going on behind the scenes, probably with record companies, etc. involved. So hmm, it'll be interesting, interesting to see who we get. But it looks like Darmian was well and truly in the mix. And great to see she wanted to compete in the national final, go up against other people. She wasn't expecting to just be an internal selection. Yeah, I love that about what she said. She's like, I was ready to compete. And as we heard, she's a very competitive person. (laughs) She is. Very competitive. And she wanted that win. But also, she was going to go in, you know, with all guns blazing, giving it a good shot. And she was like, well, if someone beats me, someone beats me. Mm. So not that I would have wanted to go up against her at Australia Decide. So, yeah, but we just don't know what's going to happen at Mm. this point. But very kind for Dami to share, you know, quite candidly, you know, her um, opinions at the moment, but also about 2016. Yeah, very much so. She came so close to winning, didn't she? And uh, it sounds like a bit of a bumpy ride for her. So really not much support coming from her record company at the time. Uh, So she feels she's better placed to even approach it now. And apparently Paul hit her up on the night. Might have been a bit too early. Uh, But ultimately she's wanted to come back to Eurovision in her lifetime. She feels her career is in that spot now where she could do a good job. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, you've had a situation with her wanting to come back for 21. Pandemic happened. Montaigne came back Mm. last year for 22. She was having her baby. Mm. And so now 23, Australia decides to fall apart. It's not going... That's a bit of bad luck there. (laughs) Sounds like she's been on the starting blocks for quite a while on this one. So fingers crossed, you know, just for her and her perseverance, perhaps she gets the nod. Let's see. But we will wait and see as well. And look, yeah, look, the insights of 2016. Oh, look, I always wanted to ask. I'm always so fascinated about what people say at the end of their performance. (laughs) I know that seemed like a silly question, but like, it is so interesting because is it just like in the moment and obviously it was a little bit when she said Stockholm and came back and was told to say Europe <laughs> yeah what would you say at the end of a performance Mike oh god I'd thank Europe and Australia probably the uh, guy Sebastian kind of uh sign off yeah, yeah probably do that I like guys I liked like say thank you Australia as well if you're an Australian <laughs> like I don't yeah. think the Europeans have to but I think 
Thank you, Europe. Thank you, Australia. It would be very good for Australians to do. Definitely. Not now, that we vote for them. Yeah. <laughs> now, there was more to her interview as well, Dale? Oh, there was so much more. So the good thing is, all patrons, you are going to get the full audio clip of the Dami interview where we talk all about like when her when she arrived in Australia and her X Factor journey and her relationship with Sony as well. A lot of stuff comes up. It, she's just so candid in what she speaks and very honest. So it's definitely worth listening to. You get first dibs of that one. And there will be a video as well, um, a kind of package up video for YouTube next week. But Patreon, straight away, that you get the full lot straight as this episode goes there. Yeah, and well worth it too. She's, as you say, very candid and talks very openly about all aspects of her life. But absolutely no substitute for buying the book, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm not just sitting there saying it like, <laughs> read this oh my god that eurovision chapter we what we just talked about the interview just touches just the tiniest bit it is so worth going and getting that just for eurovision but even more so for the rest of the book it really is really interesting yeah she's a very interesting artist with a very interesting past Now, another thing we wanted to talk about, Dale, was the inaugural Aussie Vision Awards. Talk us through those. Yeah, well, in a week where we lost Australia to size, we <laughs> wanted to find a way to recognise and celebrate all the artists who have competed for Australia at Eurovision and in Australia to size. It's something we like to do throughout the year anyway, promoting their music and books and arts and theatre and TV appearances. So we wanted to recognise that in a little, yeah, just an awards to, you know, Give them some kudos. Yeah, very much so. And it's something we've noticed that the artists notice as well. Quite often they'll uh, go through a process similar to a national selection. Then basically you'll never hear from them again. So I think getting that support afterward is really quite important. Yeah, and that's part of being the Australian Eurovision family. Um, once you do Australia Decides, you're part of the family. And the fans you know, generally will be supportive. They'll try and buy your stuff, go to your tours. Yeah. And that's what we always try and foster here for um, Aussie Vision. It's not just about the one week a year it's not just about the national finals it's about those artists as well plus there's some awards there for some media and some of the fan and community um, support as well because they make up the Eurovision family as well so there's a variety of awards Dale can people vote as well yes they can vote there are some public voting ones like for song of the year and TV appearance of the year and things Ooh. like that and we've got a couple of ones we've kept for the Aussie Vision jury as well so the majority are public vote so go check out our website we'll have the link also in the show notes Absolutely. All right, well, that's it for this week. Obviously, we're still pretty early in the season, but we know the national finals news is going to start coming in thick and fast, and we'll get some songs soon. Yes. And, of course, we have Junior Eurovision coming up as well. Very much looming as a big December coming up. Exactly. Well, look, thanks so much for joining us this week. We've got the podcast awards tomorrow. Mm. We won't be joining you live. <laughs> won't be doing any snippets from that one. Oh, no, we think. will not be as well. But uh, thank you always for all your support. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 AussieVision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.